History is not made by events. It is shaped by words. It's not what you thought, but rather what you remember. It is not static nor stuck in the past. It is the ongoing dialogue between the past and the present. It is not a burden on the memory. It's an illumination of the soul. History is bringing yesterday and today together for tomorrow. I'm Simon Davis, and you're listening to This History. Hello, hello, and welcome to This History, the brand new podcast where we turn through the pages of the past discussing significant events and timeless topics. A podcast created with the simple aims of increasing discussion about all things history and, crucially, to bring us closer to the history that's all around us. So here we are, episode two. We made it. We're on a roll. Love this. Now, but as I said last week, before I get into this episode, if you haven't done so already, please do come on and join the This History group on Facebook. Uh, we have ongoing discussions uh, from the topics uh, in the episodes and more right beyond this. Uh, the community is absolutely thriving already. Top posts, top discussion from top people every day. Uh, so come on and get involved. Come on. Welcome to the family. Today, though, we carry on our personal history series. And today, I'm I, again, I'm super excited about this when I really am. Um, something, well, when I started dreaming up these sort of interviews, somebody I thought of straight away that I wanted to get involved, another metal detecting expert. And I do mean expert. When I say expert, I mean 30 years experience kind of expert a huge history buff and absolutely my favourite train driver, a chap called Mr. Phil Craddock. Before we get into this, though, you must excuse some of the sound quality uh, of this interview on some bits. It was actually recorded today in my makeshift studio. And when I say makeshift studio, what I actually mean is a pub in my garden that I built during uh, lockdown, actually, a couple of months ago. In fact, it's probably my only achievement of lockdown uh, that and getting a bit fatter i think um but don't worry we were socially distancing absolutely it was cool to actually have someone come in uh, to do an interview rather than doing it over the phone um just a little bit tricky obviously because of the extra restrictions of getting inside the house that sort of thing so we recorded it out at the pub there's lots of background noise um from my garden just from the world around right Luckily, though, what I will say is you can hear, actually hear Phil quite clearly. Uh, it's my bits that are quite poor. Um, but I think that's okay, right? Because uh, nobody wants to hear me anyway, right? It's actually Phil saying all the interesting stuff. Uh, it really is. So do excuse it. I will say that. Anyway, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Phil Craddock's Personal Histories. And welcome to the show, Phil Craddock. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Simon. Hey, no worries. How are you doing, my friend? You... I'm very, very well. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. It is. Thank it you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Good, good. I'll try not to mumble and uh, be coherent for your interview. Well, 
I, do you know what? I found you always quite coherent, actually, <laughs> and, and never a mumbler. And That's a lot. Interesting. <laughs> so, so it is, you know, like I say, a pleasure. I'm quite excited about this. Um, Got to be honest. Okay. Um, well, I have uh, because well, for, for everybody listening, you and I have known each other for a, a, you know what about a year? Yeah. I suppose, about yeah, a year. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you've been a useful resource for me. Um, I hope so. I hope so. I've offered a bit of knowledge here and there. You have. You have. So for everybody listening, uh, what that actually means is uh, Phil and I detect on the same permission. In fact, we were out detecting on the same permission this morning. Today, yeah. Yeah, which was a good day, nice sunny day. It was good, good weather, good times, good yeah. finds, I think, as well. Good uh, who who good did finds. the best today? You always do the best. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you always do the best. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Like, this, this, is, this is about you. This is, this right, is no worries. You. But no, life good? Are you well? Yeah, very, very well. Yeah, family good. How's lockdown been for you? Lockdown has been... Uh, pretty, it's been like normal life to be quite honest I've worked all the way through it yeah. um, so I've done quite well I prefer to have worked through it because being you know as, as consistent as you can be during a global pandemic is probably the best way to deal with it I think well, I think you're right and it's just you know there is no there's no playbook is there there's no, there's no. no there is no playbook no. for how you should do this time so weird but you, you know you're my favourite train driver you know? I'm your only train driver I imagine <laughs> yeah, but you're my favourite train <laughs> no Steve there's the Steve as well that's true Steve. yeah we're not no going to offense, say that Steve. Yeah. no offence Steve but Phil you're my favourite train thank you very much um, and you know I'm not not suggesting we get into this topic today but just the history of the railways I mean we were talking about this earlier history of the railways is yep. something that fascinates me it is um, and I'm always quite respectful of train drivers. Something that it's one of those things that I've always wanted to do. Uh, give it a go. It's a lot of boys' dreams to be a train driver. Yeah. Quite often, you find the boys who didn't want to be train drivers uh, <laughs> end up as train drivers. train drivers. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah, that's cool. That's absolutely cool. Um, but yeah, so family good. Lockdown all yeah, right. Everyone's good. good. I've got a son, 23, who's in the games art industry. Was working away from home. Mm. Uh, in Leamington Spa prior lockdown and then he works from home now so he's kind of done really well out of it so carry on working but working from home does he live with you? So working from yeah, yes. working from so he was commuting so every day to Leamington Spa yeah. um, on the train and then obviously they work from home now so he's done quite well and he's enjoying being at home instead of the commuting and uh, yeah good, good. Well, it's a police officer so she's still Key worker like myself, and still works every day. So, yeah, That's really effective. I Not really. We've had a lot of routine. You know, um, the shortages at the beginning where everyone panicked was a bit of a yeah. scary point for everyone. But yeah. other than that, once it's settled, we're all right. Love it. That's it's cool. Settled. That's good to hear. It is good to hear. I think you know, keeping a semblance of normality at this Absolutely. time is important. I yeah. think really quite important. But anyway. Enough about the current day. We digress. We digress. <laughs> Enough about the current day. This is this part of the show is called personal history. Yes, yeah. um, and that's why you're here because I I think you've got some interesting stuff to say. And and again, ladies and gentlemen, for, for everybody listening, Phil was reasonably worried before coming on. He's saying I'm not very interesting, which is nonsense. <laughs> Absolute tosh. You are always interesting, Phil. Aren't yeah. You? You've got, probably got loads of interesting stuff to say. So. Thing I'd like to ask everyone who comes onto the show is, you know, about your personal history. Tell us something from your history, from any history that means something to you, something personal to you. Well, there's I've probably it's probably twofold. This one, um, my general his, interest in, in my own personal history or history of my family is twofold. One is 
my grandfather who was in the Northampton Regiment fought in World War Two in Burma often known as the Forgotten War because obviously all the war in Europe was the the centre of attention and the people in the you know fighting in the Pacific weren't quite news not newsworthy but they weren't the headline you know headline for everyone to see um, so as I grew up in the 70s um, and he was still alive at that point I'd often go around the house and see he'd have various um, samurai swords on the on the wall and stuff. Yeah, and I was uh, I was so interested in it. I wanted to know what. But he would never talk about it. He was a very quiet man concerning the war. I asked my parents. They said he never spoke about it, and that was it. That was the, the end of the discussion. As you know, until many years later, when I, when I started to do a bit of digging about what he actually did in Burma, and. Um, he was. He had quite. It seemed he had quite a good war uh, up until it went. <laughs> it went bad, which is kind of a weird story. But um, he was based in India for quite a while, uh, somewhere in Ceylon, I think. Um, and he was having quite a nice time. He had. He had, um, he had. I think he was a clerk or some kind of you know clerical position for a while, and then um, as the Japanese started to lose the war in the Pacific, you know, Wake Island, all those big battles that everyone yeah. is aware of, Okinawa and things like that. They wanted to push back into India, apparently, and there was um, the, what is, I think they call it the Battle of um, Imphal, or the Siege of Imphal, which is where my grandfather was involved, what he was involved with, and it was one of the worst battles of all of World War Two, And um, that's where I've been kind of focusing my interest for the past oh, quite a few number of years to see what he did because I know he was wounded he, I've got a bullet at home that was given by my grandmother um, that hit him in the leg and I quite often think about well one inch one inch away a different direction that would have been me never existing so incredible. you know fine lines and all that that's astonishing really is and really yeah. interesting and I think to know something that perhaps generations, my generation indeed, you know, something we don't quite realise just, just well, the effect that, that, that it had on that generation. Yeah, so I thought, I, see, these these great men, this great generation, and, and the, who held these, what he went through with a quiet kind of dignity, if you like, mm-hmm. and just, I'm not going to talk about it, it's, it's over, it was done with, but what, how the magnitude of what they went through, those guys. I said they were starving at some points. These guys in the jungle, uh, my pap included, he used to joke that he, you know the jokes he did say or things he did say about the war. He said he was eating chocolate uh, insects, but that was quite close to the truth. They were eating insects. They were they had all kinds of diseases. They had no toilet roll. Yeah. They were in a bad, bad place. And I think um, from what I've what I've read, they were, they they were under. They had, I think he held off like forty five infantry attacks from the Japanese. So it was a it was a quite a bad do, yeah. That is astonishing. Really interesting stuff. Um, I, I, there's something amazing about having a bullet, isn't there? Though I mean, that's yeah, yeah. That's astonishing. The, the history of that yeah. artifact in itself. I've got a few things he brought back. You know, um, there's obviously some documentation, the letters he sent back, and there's a bayonet as well. I've got at home. Wow. Um, a few other bits and bobs, um, Japanese stuff, but. So you said you've got some letters that your grandfather wrote to yeah, himself, yeah. that he sent back. Yeah, yeah. And even then, it was still very modest. He was like, "I'm ready for it," you know that kind of thing. But 
um, it's 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 quite okay when you knew it wasn't. Yeah, but it was right in that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a young man. Twenty odd years old. I want to come home. You know, yeah. <laughs> what you get right, you don't want to write that, do you? Oh, well, you're so. thousands of miles away. You don't. You, I don't suppose um, there's no there's no telephones out there. You have no idea when you're coming home. Uh, he was out there four years. It turned out, four years. yeah, without coming back. Astonishing, yeah. astonishing. And you know, I always think as well the the adjustment these men had to make when they came home. Um, just the impact we don't, I, we genuinely don't understand. I don't think. I don't now. think so. We, I, I don't think there was a facility facility for anyone to have an adjustment. It was you get back and you work. We it's work. working. Yeah, now. that's right. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So it's just normal. Well, you've done your bit. Thank you very much. Yeah. And on you go. Crack on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people did crack on. They did, they did. and they, they and they held did. whatever they went through their whole lives, most of them, and that's yeah. what kind of impresses me so much about yeah. all of that generation. Yeah, it is. There's a toughness that, that yeah, yeah. That I don't think we quite understand. Well, what made, what impressed me more, I suppose, along the same lines, that was he was a very gentle man. I don't mean a gentleman. I mean a gentleman. He was quiet. He was reserved. He wasn't a big fella. You know, I'm quite a stocky fella. He was a, he was five foot six, I think. So a small fella, you know, going out to fight a war. You know, it wasn't. I don't think he was the volunteering type, as many of them were. It's not like you. I'm going to the army. I want to do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm focused. I want to go to war. Kind of thing. Was it? You, you have you know, to. You, you've got to go. Yeah. You've got to go. Yeah, it's this. It's the end of everything if you don't. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, isn't it? Really, I think as well, it happened to the First World War, didn't it? A few years ago, and it's happening now to the Second World War, where. There's uh, people who lived through it, you know, they're becoming fewer and fewer. Yeah. Um, it, you know, so it's it's no longer a lived memory, a lived experience. That's right, yeah. And I think that changes yeah. it. I think yeah. it changes what it means in society, I think. And, and, you know, obviously we've got the representations of the poppy and, and, and things like that. But I think that the fact, you know, you go, I always remember Remembrance Day, you go to the church and, and you know, there's there's the men wearing their medals that yeah. sort of thing and, and they're not going to be there anymore it's, it's no longer a lived memory and yeah, I think that's quite absolutely. interesting in society yeah. in, in how we remember the war We've, my family's done very well in, in the long in the whole you know the past century of wars if you like most of my family have served on the male line except myself yeah. I've been very lucky I've enjoyed the freedom they give, they've given us yeah. but um, my great grandmother uh, great great I think it would have been great grandmother or great great grandmother she had 15 children Lord. at the turn of the century around that time and eight of her sons went to World War One. they went off to, to France and only one well one didn't come home now that seems horrible of course it's horrible but that's a fantastic result it is seven men came back and only one didn't and he was killed on the last day Give you a war. You know? yeah. So it's just one of those things, I suppose. Yeah, it, it, that's yeah, astonishing. And again, I think we understand the sacrifices that people made, and, and I do think that you know the we have a funny way of remembering it now. Yeah, um, you know, and, and and quite right in some respects that you know we do remember. Not the glory is the wrong word. Glory is definitely the wrong word, but remember with a romantic ebb about it really yeah. um, and I think that's quite right in some respects um, but I also think that we gloss over the, the worst parts of it we don't really remember that yeah we it. tend to look at duty and sacrifice and, yeah. and the, the, you know the handsome romantic side of yeah. side of the coin but yeah yeah and I just think the 
that were just the horrors that these men saw. And and I think I probably would have been quiet about it afterwards, you know. Maybe it's, maybe so, yeah. We don't yeah. see, but you know. Yeah, it is what it is. We're thankful, obviously thankful that we don't have to Absolutely. experience those things. Um, yeah, definitely. But that's that's fascinating. Thanks for sharing. Love that's that. all right. No problem at all. Like I know you were better now. Yeah. I love that. I really yeah, do. Absolutely love it. So you talk about growing up in the seventies and you know going to your grandparents stuff. I remember doing similar things as well. But I know, I know already. I know that you're a lover of history yourself. Yeah. Um, often found digging in the field. Yes, as, as often as I can. Indeed, searching for history yourself. So, you just, is that where it came from? Where did it come from? This love of history. <sighs> I don't really. Yeah, it, it prompt. I used to draw a lot as a kid because you know, growing up in the seventies, there wasn't computer games and there was no mobile phones, no internet, nothing like that. So, it was either I was out in the fields with you know swords and shields made out yeah. of wood yeah. or sticks and you know, whatever pretending to be some kind of warrior or something or or drawing pictures and I think it all came from that kind of that's where it begun and uh, just had a, an interest in history and the past and and that kind of that kind of deal for yeah. my whole life essentially. So it shaped from, from your childhood. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it led you into a field with a metal detector. Well that, that was a kind of I went to it's kind of three pronged or two pronged really I saw I saw, I saw a programme on TV once about some metal detectorists and it was the totally wrong way of doing it because they were night hawks right and they were going on at night time and um, putting all this stuff off these fields and, and it was giving them a, a bad name and rightly so because that's not the way you do it however it kind of sparked a little bit of interest in me and kind of co- coincidentally I'd been just come back from Bulgaria and I suppose this would have been the early late eighties, maybe ninety or ninety one, something like that. And in Bulgaria, I'd gone to this market, yeah. And they had loads of kind of alternative things to buy. And I came across this stall, and it was full of Roman coins, and statues, and figurines, and all kinds of. Obviously, now it was a metal detected um, items, and there was all over the place. And unfortunately, I just lent someone I was going with some all the Bulgarian money I had. Uh, and I only had a little bit left, but I bought one of these coins. Didn't really know much about it, it was a big one. So I came back, and when I got back to Northampton, I um, I took it down to the museum. Cause back then, there was no internet, there was no, you know, you couldn't find out what things were. I didn't have books, nothing like that. So I took it down to the museum, and they told me it was a, a Sesterce of Antoninus Bias, which is late first century, I think, so yeah. maybe late second century. Um, and that kind of added on with. The program was saw on TV, and I thought, well, you know what? I kind of, I kind of like this idea. Yeah. And then, just by luck, stumbled across Treasure Hunting magazine, right. which had probably been out quite a while at that point. Read something there, and they, back in those days, they used to apply for in the back in the in the advertisements, <laughs> apply for detecting partners. So you go detecting partner wanted. Brilliant. Here's my phone. Lonely heart. Northern Lonely Lonely hearts. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and so I asked him one of these lonely hearts, and um, it was this old guy um, in Northampton who'd been doing it for a million years, and he literally taught me everything I knew about detecting. Fantastic. How to get permissions. You already had all the permissions you could ever want. It was such a great start because he literally plonked me on Roman sites. Yes. 
and I was I was hooked immediately so hooked. You thought they missed the Miyagi of the Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. So, you know what is it? What's it about the hobby? Why, why do you still love it? Because you um, do what, 30 years? 30 years or thereabouts, yeah. Um, it's still going strong. I still going it's the it, For me now, it's not so much the after side of things. No. Once I've found the item, it's got the interest. It does wane a little bit. It's the actual finding. Yeah. The first person to see the, coin, the face on that coin yeah. for, for 2,000 years, that's the thrill now still. Yeah. And it's still just like the first day up to this day I still get the same thrill quite often they go into a box in my house yeah. and I never look at them again <laughs> um, but um, yeah it's, it's the finding yeah. more than anything well, else indeed. yeah I'll join you on that one it is the, but it's the it's a lot now and, and I, I think you're probably quite more prolific than me you know I'm sort of 99 times out of 100 I'm finding a rusty nail but it's that when you get that noise yeah. and you think oh this, this yeah, could yeah. be this could be gold or, or you know this could be a fantastic if you can coin plant or, yourself in the best location and you add all the other ingredients to that like you've, the better signals you yeah. know the good location then you'll find stuff yeah indeed yeah and, and also you know I think the I've had days I've had days personally where I've been out and found absolutely nothing yep but still come home quite happy yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've been out in nature. It's been a beautiful day. I'm out in the countryside. I can't lie. That's that's a big part of it. Yeah. Being out away, like you know, I've been out. I detected for many years on my own. Yeah. So after I kind of broke off from the, the guy who, who taught me everything, because um, he was getting quite elderly at that point, so I got some permissions on my own, and I detected probably for 15 years just me. Yeah. Because it still wasn't a popular hobby back then. Sure. Uh, well, not as popular as it is now, anyway, and. Um, to be out on my own, no cars, no noise, sound of the birds in the trees, that kind of yeah. lovely picturesque thing yeah. you're thinking of, was good for me. So yeah. that still applies now. It does. I think it's good for, for your headspace, for your mental state, isn't it? I yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's good to get away. Not to say that I haven't been out in the snow. I've been out in the snow. Yeah. Yes. I've done that. It's easy to muck your tracks. <laughs> say where you've been. Fair Not so much nowadays. You know, I'm a bit more of a... Fair weather rider, should we say? Yeah, don't blame you. Don't blame you. Love that. So, in, in your thirty years of detecting, yep, which best find? What's the thing? The one thing, if there is one thing that that stands out and go, yeah, that's that's well, the one I'm most proud of. I found a lot of nice things, to be honest, down the years. Yep. Um, the best thing I ever found, uh, and I'm quite ashamed to say, is well, not ashamed. I'll tell you the story behind it was a great it was a square headed Saxon brooch great square headed Saxon brooch it was I don't know it was it was large yeah. <laughs> it was probably off a of buried or something similar at some point or it was definitely someone of importance yeah um, it was probably about seven eight inches long and um, had all gold gilt on the ins- you know the, the chip style from the Saxon brooches do um, it was snatched in half I must admit I found one half one day and then another half another day but connected together it was a beautiful bit of kit and uh, I sold it I was so young in the game then yeah. I didn't really know what I was doing and um, someone offered me some money for it I sold it to them and then within about two years or a year whatever it was I saw it for sale for uh, about ten times what I, they paid me really? if not more yeah absolutely wowzers yeah so if I still had that I'd be quite a happy man but yeah it is what it is. You live and learn. There's a lot of lessons you learn over the years with detecting. You do, but you still found it. You I found still found it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, you know, that's still 
you still added to the history, the narrative. Yeah, I mean, it, back then it was it was completely different. I'm not saying I, it, you know, I was perfect. I should, you know, those kind of things need to be recorded, as we all know. Um, but it was a different era, so yeah. um, it's not like today where anything of that nature has to be recorded. Yeah, it should sure. do, but it was one of those things. So what's still on your bucket list? What haven't you found? Stators, they they elude me. Right. Yeah, gold yeah. stator. Um, yeah. I'd like one of them big, full staters, they're yeah. nice heavy ones, yeah. just to go in my collection. That would do me yeah. lovely. But Blank on one side, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, nice horse and all the rest of it on the other yeah. side. Yeah, lovely. Um, it's just, I can't find one. Yeah. 30 years. I found thousands of coins, literally yeah. thousands, and I just can't. Seem, I've had, I've had, you know, Celtic coins before, but just never the. Not the gold state. It's funny, isn't it? Because you know, you read about people who've been doing it a couple of months and have found a stater, and, and you know, I read about other people who've been doing it years and never found a hammer coin. Um, oh, I've walked, but I've been in fields of people who found hordes of staters. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I was in the field one day, found a load of Roman coins. Loving it, fantastic. Yeah. What came away? Then next week, I heard that somebody found status on the other end of the field. Like, oh. But that's the way. It is the way. The cookie crumbles. You've got to walk it? over yeah. it. You have to walk over it. And it's a choice. I mean, you know, saying to someone else quite recently, um, it's a real choice whether to dig something sometimes, isn't it? Especially when it's late in the that's day. That's the art. That is the art. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, it's. A, it's it is an art, you're right, and actually quite, I think one that I'm probably getting wrong quite often, um, but it's a real choice sometimes, and I dare say I've probably walked over stuff. Oh no, I've missed some some juicy targets, definitely. Yeah. I, if though, It's those deep, big targets I, I kind of avoid, because I, I I'm, I'm lazy, I'm lazier now than I was, <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't got time or the effort to dig deep anymore, but... Um, I'm sure I've missed some good stuff. Yeah, well, indeed, I mean we all have. But love it, and, and like I say, I think it's um, it's it's not it's not just about what you find, is it? It's not. It's 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 the finding it as well. And, and you know, when we go out as well, there's a, there's a few of us who detect on the same permission. There's always yep. good camaraderie going yep. on, good chums, that sort of thing. Um, which so the whole thing, the whole thing combined, is I think really quite good for for one's health. Um, really is. It is, and there's the, the banter. I like the banter side of things. Yes. Um, that's always good to yeah. cheer people up in the field. Well, indeed, indeed. And I think I think I've told everyone before that we I go out uh, detecting with my dad quite often, and that's always good banter. Yeah, I of course. Get him on one time. Yeah, yeah, I do. But he's always he's always good fun to wind up. Um, he is quite often. I I, I, I want to find. Um, you know, I might go out and find or I might take out some coins that I've already found and just put them where he's been walking and someone have just found this, you know, a trail of them. Yeah. You know, I love it, I absolutely love it. But it is good banter, it's, it's always good fun. But I want to move on, I do want to move on from Detective because yeah. I think there's something else that I'm really interested in that I think you've got some ideas about. Yeah. Um, after, you know, reading some stuff that you've written before and hearing you speak before about some stuff, which is it's specifically about alternative... History. History, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm genuinely fascinated by your views on this. Because, um, like I said, you, you, you've always been a useful resource. That's the wrong way. You're not a textbook film. That's no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, but quite often, again, for people listening, if I find stuff in the field, I'm more often than not actually messaging Phil saying, Phil, what the hell is this? And yeah. how old is it? Yeah. Quite often. So, so it feels a useful, useful resource in that way. And always, and always accurate. 
Um, and what I what I'm fascinated about is I think you've got some views about the narrative of history perhaps not being correct, maybe, or there being yeah. alternative narratives. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a bit about that. Well, I've I spend a lot of my time scouring the internet or YouTube, watching videos. Um, yeah, probably shouldn't talk about this on, on that on this show. PG thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not those times, but um, <laughs> that was another day. Um, but. Yeah, I've seen there's a, there's quite a, a a way of thinking, or some people are certainly thinking um, that ah the believed way of history or the, the timeline of history is not quite correct, and I'm kind of on the same same thinking. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of a place called uh, Go Beckley Tepe. Beckley Tepe. Go Beckley Tepe. Yeah. No, I haven't. It's um, it's a site. It's a megal, megal. I don't know what's the, what's, what's the word. Megla megalithic. There you go. Megalithic, megalithic site in Turkey, oh. and um, it's seven thousand years older than Stonehenge. Lord. Yeah, and it's fifty times bigger. Now, if you think Stonehenge is big, yeah, it is big. Well, it is big. Yeah, I've been there. It's bloody big. Gobekli Tepe is fifty times bigger. Now, there's a guy called Graham Hancock um, who does. Uh, he's written various books about um, this subject, and I think he's hit the nail on the head. He's on the money. He his thinking is that somewhere around twelve thousand years ago, in a period called the Younger Dryas. Um, oh yes, that's the era before the Holocene era. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. at the end of the Irish Age, yes, um, when England was connected to Europe, and yes. we were all one landmass, and we could all walk wherever we wanted to walk, and migrate if you like um, there was a catastrophe yes. a, a massive flooding now if you look at um, all of the ancient cultures in the world what's there what's the big old story from everywhere the yes. flood yes isn't it the bible's got the flood yes um, the story of Atlantis yes. which, which went right under the is. sea yeah yeah so you've got Moses parting the waves which yeah 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 absolutely all of these like types of yeah it does yeah yeah, yeah. so um Graham Hancock's um, theory is that there was sometime around 12,000 years ago uh, there was a comet that broke up over the earth and split into about five or six pieces and when it came down it absolutely decimated everywhere to a global cataclysm and um, created this flooding scenario that's you know seen by all the books of all the ancient cultures now, if they are saying there was all these great cities, even if Atlantis is based on a slim sliver of truth, yes, then that's where these um, places like Gobekli Tepe can come from. Now, Gobekli Tepe, where they, where they, where it, where it was built in Turkey, there is only hunter-gatherer people. There's no buildings. There's no signs of anything. There's no agriculture. Yeah. It's just this place suddenly springs up 12,000 years ago. Thousands of years older than the pyramids. Thousands of years older than Stonehenge. Yeah. And it's got the technologies. It's all aligned with the stars. It's all astronomical. It's, it's You know, 50-ton blocks mm. of views and things like that. And yeah. it's 50 times bigger than Stonehenge. Now, if that is the case, and... At, the, the history that we're led to believe the people of those days were all hunter-gatherers how do you build 
a megalithic structure the size of 50, to- 50 stone hinges when all you are is small herds of people yes, or hunter gatherers. the technology to do it. So if there's no technology, there has to be a transfer of technology mm. So from an older time. Now, if you look around the world, and they've all got these stories of this flood, this great cataclysm and all these problems. Now, a lot of the stories say, when you look, when you look at the buildings or the, their past, they say people came and told us like the Mayans and people like that had stories about. I think he's. I'm going to get this wrong, but the guy. I think his name was Quetzalcoatl or something like that. And they said he gave them the knowledge of how to build their big structures and things like that. And then you've got pyramids popping up at different places around the world. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the Mayans had the pyramids, South, South America, yeah, South America. Um, and uh, I think even places like Bolivia and um, I remember Bosnia. I think has even got some some potential big pyramids under mountains as well. So um, it kind of makes sense that there could be this forgotten history, this forgotten civilizations who the survivors of this global cataclysm that shaped the world as we know it, transferred some some technology, some information, some... It may be all verbal, I don't know, but... I'm very interested in that it subject. It's fascinating stuff, genuinely. I've not explained it very well, I must admit, but that's, you know, if you follow along the lines of this guy, Graham Hancock, um, you'll, he's definitely got something to say. He's got a lot of science behind it, so... Well, it has. I remember reading um, something about the end of the Younger Dryas era, and essentially that there was this absolutely evidence of dramatic climate change during that massive time. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and the carbon parts per million in the in the atmosphere are way more than there, there yeah. are now um before anyone was burning fossil fuels supposedly yeah uh, you know yeah, we, yeah. we don't know um but you know there is there is absolutely evidence um you know in, in oxygen isotopes coming out of uh, out of, uh the antarctic um you know from 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 all sorts of fossils and things of of significant event all over the world global, a global plus event. you've got lots of these objects that are seen to be out of out of place and out of time you know like the the Piri-Reese map yeah which has got the Antarctica as a landmass on it yes. yes but that's a 15th century map that's got Antarctica that's actually under ice but they've got the landmass how yes. would they know well, indeed, maybe That's there was a older seafaring civilization that. Yeah, indeed. And when he was uh, when they found out where he got this map from, it was, it was built from other maps, older maps. Yes. So. Well, yeah. well yes, indeed, indeed, it's, it's genuinely interesting stuff. I always think that I, I don't know how I read this. One of these things that you read years and years ago. It's about it's about the dark ages. It's about actually there's. Obviously, we know there's significant lack of evidence from that that period of time. Yeah, um, and it's you know the question is always, did it actually happen? You know, or did, are we are we thinking that there's a two three hundred year history that we can't find a lot of evidence about? Um, why do we think it even existed in that? I way? think from what I I think is that at the end of the Roman Empire, when they did call everyone back to protect Rome, if you like, yes. Um, everyone at that point over here had become Romano-British yes. so we, they, no one had really been to Rome or anything like that but they still went as far as what we can see and then apparently within a couple of generations they'd forgotten all of the old ways of Rome Yes. 
you know the pottery died out the ways of building died out all the everything they'd learn and and i don't know what would happen what yeah, happened to it's the, fascinating to the world, isn't it like, yeah. yeah and you think well okay fine there's sort of saxon settlers from the east yeah um whether or not they were here actually before the romans left or not i'm sure that you know if it was the late third century so or fourth century then i'm sure that after they left there would have been yeah. people hanging around you know yeah, seeing, yeah. seeing the end of those days so within 30 40 years i imagine but it, it is, really would have died out but it is interesting isn't it and you think that's only comparably what say 1700 to 1300 years ago yeah um, but with this you know we, what we're talking about here we're talking 12,000 years ago absolutely we, younger yeah era. yeah um and and we can't get the history right from a thousand years ago from from 1500 years ago this is what absolutely irritates with work with modern archaeology that when you see something like um uh i've forgotten the name of it Go Beckley Tepe. Okay. Yes, yes. When you see something like a Beckley Tepe, <laughs> and you realise that this thing is twelve thousand years old, why aren't we paying more attention to it? Yeah, this is a big deal. It's a massive deal. It is, it and is um, how these people who were apparently hunter gatherers can, because mm. to to build something like that, you need to have a surplus of food. Mm. You can't be hunter gathering then. Oh, hold on, spend the rest of the day chipping away those big megalith bit blocks. Fair point. You can't do it. And you can't just invent a way of, hold on, let's look at the stars and let's yeah. build this correctly, make sure it's facing north and all the, all the rest of the computations that need to be made well, for indeed, this site. You, you need to have a, a good societal grasp of maths. Exactly, so, yeah, you've you, got to be... Of course. You've got to be founded, haven't you? You've yes. got to be established. And yeah. you're not going to do that with and little... ways of documenting that maths and yeah. teaching that maths. You know, you've exactly. got to do that. So yeah, you yeah. can't just measure it by eye am I this about an inch don't know yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you know you've got to be able to not draw a blueprint in that way but you've got to architect something yeah in a in a in a in a fashion you've got to engineer something in a fashion yeah what I say is I think you don't do that by accident yeah you, you can't do that by exactly accident. there's a knowledge there's yeah. something that's been lost indeed something vital I don't know so where, where would you where would you advise if anybody's interested in this sort of stuff where, where should they go Go back to Tepe, obviously. Go back to Tepe is a yeah. good place to start. There's another one, another pretty interesting place called. Oh, what's the name of it? Something. Oh, I forget. South America again. It's in the middle of. It's in. It's a like high, 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 high. In the Andes. In the yeah. Andes. So it's something. Well, it's fascinating what they find when they start clearing rainforests, which I don't condone, obviously. But when they do start. Have clearing... you seen what they've recently been saying about that now? No, I haven't. No, what? They're saying that they've they've found. When they're using LIDAR, I think they're using... Yes. You know, have you used LIDAR yeah, before? Yeah, LIDAR. Um, when they've put it over the Amazon rainforest, they're finding, or, or South America somewhere, where all the Mayans were, they're finding enough ruins for millions of people. Mm-hmm. It's now so, got so vast that they'll never be able to uncover it yeah. all, but obviously it's a bigger deal. So than, dense. Yeah, absolutely. Forest. Yeah. yeah. That is astonishing, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Go, go, Beckley Tepe. Any books? Any people? Uh, well, Graham Hancock uh, yeah. is, is the is the go is the go to man. If you if you Google him, you'll you'll soon come across what he's about. Yeah, um, fan- fantastic, fascinating man. I'll give it a read. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. But but yeah, fantastic having you on the show, Phil. Absolutely. Cheers, like I say, I've been looking forward to this. Um, 
because I know how interesting you are and how knowledgeable you are because we've conversed for a while and now everyone else knows it as well. well <laughs> yeah, I the, don't claim to be correct. I just have a little bit of knowledge about some things and, uh, you know, it's, just, it's interesting to me. Well, that's the point, isn't it, about history, I think, um, that... I think that's the right way to be. You know, don't claim you're correct, but but there's there's hypothesis to make from evidence. You've got to ask questions constantly. Yeah, exactly. I think. Yeah. Exactly. But love it. Massively appreciate you coming on the show. No I problem. Really it's been a pleasure. Do. I really do. Will you come back on again? If if people want me to, yeah, it's yeah. no problem well, at all. I want you to. Yeah, right, absolutely. Well, yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's do a part two. Um, and you never know. After we could, we've been detecting or something, and we're, and we've um, and you've found your stater yeah. we'll, we'll get on the show yeah. then right we'll, that we'll, would be a pleasure we'll do a stater special <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure that. fantastic but no appreciate it Phil thanks for coming you're on more than and, uh, welcome no problem yeah, all the best to you and your family and to you cheers pal thank you very much take care cheers well love that interview really did absolutely loved it like I say it was awesome to actually have Phil come in um, and record it face to face after we'd been detecting together um, absolutely loved it Again, a huge apologies uh, for the sound quality or lack of uh, in some bits. Uh, something to work on for the future, I think. If anyone else does come in and uh, we can't do it in the house because of COVID restrictions, so on and so forth. But anyway, how awesome was that? It was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? Super interesting stuff from Phil. Um, from the very personal and meaningful recollections about his grandfather and memories of war to the suggestion of different narratives of history we do love that stuff as i say history is not written it's not it's still being written and it is this wonder that makes discovery so magnificent phil listen i do hope to get you back on soon i really do when you've got that gold state in my friend we are doing part two we absolutely are but alas, we come to the end of this week's episode. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I really am enjoying doing these. I really am. Hope that comes across. Uh, again, though, do search for This History on Facebook. Uh, this History group on Facebook. Come in, get involved, join the community. We'd love to have you there. I'm going to tune in next week, I guess, for more from your new favourite podcast, This History. I think it's quite sad when it's the end of the episode and I'm enjoying it this much. But do, come come back to us next week. Um, I think we'll have more personal histories again. So come back, come back and tune in. Absolutely love it. Guys, have a great week, all of you, everybody. Have a great week. I truly hope it's as fantastic as you all are. Take care. <laughs>